the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11 and we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. It is Monday. Looks like, Will, we have all survived the storm. Biggest drag, though, is the loss of power. And something really needs to be done because so many communities, folks, were losing power yesterday on Sunday before things had really even gotten that bad. Something is wrong when around the state there's different communities where if the wind goes, and I hate this, but it's true, goes above 30 miles an hour, suddenly of all these communities that are without power. And I know people say, well, just go get a generator. But um, that's really that's really not the solution. I mean, some people will. But then what happens is uh, the days, two days leading up to the storm, there's a, a run on gasoline because that's what powers the generators. So this business of um, the fact that we have such weak infrastructure and all the money that's been floating around uh, in the fact that, you know, just at this point that uh, and it's not sometimes it's not even the tree. It's just there's no reason for it. Um, the state needs stronger infrastructure. Now, folks, there is some sad news on this Monday, and that is Phil Valentine, the uh, talk host, did pass away. He was from Nashville and he had been battling COVID 61 years old and he um it's being written about quite a bit because he had really fought against any type of the vaccine and downplayed covid and uh i mean that's it's it's tragic i mean he he had a very successful career going phil valentine but uh he also he actually did you know you hear us do kind of bits a little bit and you hear some of our song parodies on sheldon whitehouse and he likes clubs with white faces and i can breathe clearly now the mask is gone he actually did one about vaccinations he was mocking it so much to the the beatles tax man and instead it's uh i'm the vax man but phil valentine uh lost his battle with covid i mean it was it was looking pretty grim for quite some time uh, but he was a big voice who was, you know, unfortunately, and it's tragic and sad, but uh, d- dies after battle with COVID. So, again, based in Nashville, he had some syndication. I met him many, many years ago. Very, very nice guy. Uh, questioned whether or not it was necessary for all people to get the vaccine. Died. He passed away over the weekend, 61 um his death comes more than a month after he first announced he had been diagnosed with COVID. on the phil valentine show he repeatedly downplayed the importance of getting the vaccine saying last december he believed his personal odds of dying were probably uh way less than one percent but his message changed in july when his family announced he had been hospitalized very serious condition and was suffering COVID pneumonia and the side effects of it so uh he also his family wanted to be very clear that he was not anti-vax he did and a lot of people feel like what are the odds that i would actually get covid and pass away from it when so many people have gotten it and then survived but what is sad about it is is the the odds were not with him he was someone and then um folks a big bat and now i i recognize again on this show i don't preach people uh, who people make their own decisions whether or not they're going to get it or not get it um but it's 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 more of then the various side effects you know this then turned into pneumonia and when you when you start to go down that road where other things are are starting to go wrong with your body that's where then people run into difficulties and how many people listening right now to the john DePietro show you know someone who initially went to the hospital for you know a but then when there they've developed b and then it led to a serious case of you know c whatever it may be and then you know sometimes people end up in the hospital and what they actually end up not surviving or passing away from it's not what put them in the hospital in the first place so but even the new york times i mean everyone's kind of piling on covid 
skeptic Phil Valentine dies getting coronavirus. So very prominent conservative radio host out of Tennessee refused to get vaccinated. So he has uh, passed away. Very sad about that at the age of 61. All right. The storm is over. The biggest problem is people who don't have power. Uh, If you have power, your life goes on normal. If you don't have it, it's problematic. We'll talk about that and the problems in Afghanistan continue. We'll uh, talk about it right here on the John DiPietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time full-time, maybe weekend work, you need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508 508- 336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional? has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This summer, let J.K.L. Engineering keep you and your family nice and cool. J.K.L. Engineering, call them today, 401-351-7600. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. J.K.L., it's going to be a hot summer ahead. Call J.K.L. Engineering today. Estimates are free. Financing is available. Remember, with J.K.L., 54 years in business, reputation is second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. J.K.L. is an approved National Grid VPI installer. They're also a Navian certified factory dealer. Call J.K.L. for a system replacement, oil to gas for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available this summer. Call J.K.L. Engineering right now. Remember, they do it right. They do it right the first time. They'll keep you and your family or your employees nice and cool. Call J.K.L. 401-351-7600. Remember, J.K.L. Engineering, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, a carrier factory authorized dealer. It's J.K.L. Call them 401-351-7600. This summer, stay nice and cool with J.K.L. Engineering. 401-351-7600. You're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me, he is the managing editor for EchoRising.com. It's our friend, Justin Katz. Justin, I'd like to start off. This was, um, in some ways, if you're Governor McKee, you know, there's nothing says commander-in-chief, head of the state, than you're at the you know emergency management agency and you're holding press conferences and telling everyone to kind of bunker down a lot of people think of it in terms of you know it's good during a blizzard but when you have this type of thing with a hurricane or almost near miss hurricane i'd like to hear your thoughts on how you thought governor mckee was in handling the storm well i i didn't see a whole lot of them which i thought was good i mean he was out there i'm sure but um what bothered me was the we got multiple days of of emergency alerts on our cell phones and then nothing happened you know at least in my neck of the woods it was was essentially a windy day uh and i i think from my perspective i i i think the the governor 
Well, I, I think in general we need to we need to reevaluate how we respond to these things. I think the I, I get a sense of at least a fair number of people who who, who lament that the the hardy New Englander New Englander appears to have disappeared. Uh, so to the extent the McKee wasn't out there really ramping up or trying to capitalize on this uh, for the commander in chief type of image, I think that's probably a good thing because I think we're just we're we're too. We're too far gone, but I, I do what I do want to see out of McKee and, and our representatives and, and really the people of Rhode Island is a little bit more concern uh, about the idea that even on a windy day, your power can go out for a week. Uh, that's starting to get really, really concerning. I think You're we right. need to do more. We yes. need to do more preparation, more concern, more more ensuring that our power is not going to go out, uh, more infrastructure, not so much panic and worry and emergency declarations. And uh, because that's where we're really going to get hit at this point, anybody who can afford one is going out and hooking up a home generator. Uh, and that's why now we're getting runs on gasoline whenever there's an emergency. You're right. That was something, that was something relatively new. I started to see yesterday on social media, people saying, or Saturday, rather, seeing, saying they couldn't get gasoline because people were going and filling up gallons and gallons of it in case they lost power for a month. That shouldn't be. And that's, that's where I, whatever, the, whatever the reaction of the government on that day might have been, I think we need, if we don't see them really starting to reevaluate why all the money gets sucked away into union contact contracts, uh, green projects, all that yeah. stuff is sucking up all this money that should go to infrastructure. And there really needs to be outrage and some, some stepping up of, of elected officials on that front. Um, and also I found it refreshing. I, I did actually, um, well, I did made a, made a point to watch and, and, and even did go to one of the briefings, but uh, the thing about Governor McKee is it seemed to just be more of an alert. Um, here's what's happening where I'll, I'll say it was refreshing. Governor Mundo, Justin, as you know, was always big on like is people used to joke, like being the mom, like I'm going to protect you. And my goal is to keep every Rhode Islander safe. And at times it just seemed so overboard. The talking points, you could tell what they were going to be. Uh, you, you know, she would then have the, Let's introduce all the different people. And she was always trying to have every single, you know, person represented this. It, it, it was just kind of refreshing to me. You know, there's McKee. That's the head of the state police happens to be, you know, a white guy, Colonel Manny. And then the head of EMA happens to be a white guy. And you just didn't have where in the past Governor Mundo always seemed to be like filming a commercial, putting on a show by and here's the head of our state police and she's a female. And here's this person and she's you know, Asian or he is some in, in that regard, I think he doesn't seem to care as much about the optics. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, <laughs> the contrast is important to keep in mind. I mean, Raimondo was not a typical politician in that regard no. either. She, she was way over the top. She turned the yeah. entire state government into a PR machine for her. So, you know, that's, yeah, you, you put that's it exactly right. right. She was putting on a performance every day, yes. something would happen. And how can we make this look like a, an important performance with all the right boxes checked? Whereas McKee is a bit more of a standard politician and maybe even a bit more on the, you know, just get things done and then a standard right. politician where he's just you know, there's a there's a storm we're going to inform you i know people are concerned here's what we're doing i mean and that's, right. that's really how it ought to be you don't need the yeah. performance the, no the about optics you don't need to hire people because they'll look good on the stage uh when you're <laughs> when you're announcing something uh that's that's I, you make a really good point there well just because governor mundo the, the most mundane thing in their mind was always a potential television commercial. But you exactly. raise a good point where you're really starting to see it now where your Governor Mundo had full-time press people. Um, I, I, I know that Governor Baker, uh, his press briefing, I think, was carried on cable network news. Um, I have a family member that said, you know, I haven't seen the governor of Rhode Island. And that to me was, that's because he's not trying to get the coverage of you know, CNN, Fox, MSNBC. All right. What time? If I do my briefing, then then, we'll, you know, you cover it, the governor of Rhode Island. And, you know, she would have made sure that her briefing was carried on cable news. Governor McKee, in some way, I, I'll just say that it seems a little refreshing of uh, kind of like, here's what you need to know and then just get out of the way. And everything is not some token phrase or some manufactured talking point. 
where you can picture a consultant in a conference room saying, and make sure you really like press your finger to your lip that you really look concerned for the voters or that type of thing. Folks, again, our segment is um, politics this week. Now, Justin, at the same token, last week, Governor McKee did kind of fold, I think, to the pressure. But what is your thoughts on him now saying there will be a public school mask mandate throughout the state? Yeah, I, I think fold is the, the right verb there. I mean, I, my, my take is that people at this point, they're not as much concerned about the, about the virus or the Delta variant. What they're concerned about is that we might, they might find they can't get their way when they really, really want it. And I, I think that's a lot of the pressure that's coming out now is we need mandates, we need mandates. And he avoided it, he didn't want to do it. But then you, the problem with that is you, he, he doesn't want to stake out any ground. And I, I don't know if that's personality or if that's because he's up for, for election in a year and he doesn't want to be faced with uh, you know, tax from his left uh, for having been weak on some of this stuff. But because he didn't stake out a principled ground, he ends up with almost a worse situation where you've got the school board uh, the state school board with their, their lawyer saying, you don't have authority to do a mandate. And they said, well, essentially we're going to do a mandate anyway. And then he comes out with this, you know, he's saying that he, the general assembly has, has taken away a lot of his emergency powers with this executive order. So he issues a new one. And to me, he's, it's at this point, it's really just showing what a game uh, these emergency orders have become. Uh, it's not as if pandemics are some unanticipated thing that nobody ever thought of in the past. Uh, and so here we are with with uh, the Delta variants really much worse. So we need a new executive order. Well, you know what? We did a lot of damage to our, our economy, to our children's education, to, to the psycho the psychiatric health of our state, and the yeah. people of our state. And we still, still had supposedly these thousands of deaths and hospitalizations. Well, if the Delta variant is that much worse, that we need a fresh executive order, then you know what? Give it up because you're not going to stop it with, with some masks on kids in school. Uh, so the, there's just this fundamental disconnect between what he's trying to, what they're trying to do with these policies and what they say they're trying to do in order to make it legal to do what they want to do. And I think that's, we're really getting to the point of what what would be a constitutional crisis if anybody really cared about the Constitution anymore? Well, was I thought telling at the press briefing, and again, folks, our segment is politics this week with Justin Katz, was the question, if you go back and listen, it wasn't why are you moving to the, you know, it's now a state order, a mask mandate in the public schools. The way the media phrased it was, what took you so long? Why yeah. did you wait? Why have you now arrived at that? Why are you doing this? Um, I was somewhat even taken aback as someone I was at the briefing and, you know, they'll mention, look, in Florida, you know, there were 400 cases the first week of school, but but no one ended up in the hospital of those children. They're still going just in the local media who, you know, there were calls for him in the local media that, you know, do the right thing, issue the state mask mandate. They're still using the metric of look at that 400 cases, but. No one mentions that, you know, they're, they're all asymptomatic. No one's in the hospital. Uh, the kids just had to go home and quarantine for a few days. But um, I think, though, don't you think that also drives it? The fact that that was the reaction from the media, not why are you doing this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. What, what struck me when the when the state school board did what every the lawyer said, you can't do this. And they did it. The news media didn't cover it that way. The, no. the phrasing, the phrase I saw again and oh. again was, they called it a workaround. Yeah. No, you're not supposed to find workarounds for the law. You know, it's just it, it doesn't it doesn't actually happen that way. So uh, I, th I think we're, we're getting a lot of that kind of attitude. And we've discussed frequently, the especially among the younger journalists who are fully bought into the woke thing. Oh, they yeah. were raised. They took classes in journalism school on social justice. They think that's what they're supposed to do. And I think we're seeing that in a whole lot of areas, whether it's, you know, COVID or, or even critical race theory or gender politics it's as long as the the it's a policy the news media people support there's nobody looking after the process they don't they don't care about representative democracy it's not even it's almost like a it's almost like a, eh, a suggestion and this kind of keeps things going well but when it really matters <clears throat> issue an executive order yeah and not only that but uh before we go to a break but I, I believe like the, the town of Gloucester, I believe they are going to um, school committee. They voted 
against it. So I think they may take legal action. And also the Johnson School Committee voted against it. So as much as he issued that, uh, there doesn't seem to be, you're exactly right with the media, there doesn't seem any concern about legal precedent or whether he legally has the right to do it. It almost seems as if, well, he's announcing it because it's morally the right thing to do. Folks, quick break, a lot more politics this week. He's Justin Katz, managing editor of AnchorRising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. Mega truck and trailer appear. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for Mega MEGA, Mega truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. J. Perry Paving always provides high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Residential, commercial, seal coating patios. Get your driveway paved. Letter J, J. Perry Paving. 20 years experience specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios, and general masonry projects. J. Perry Paving, they offer free estimates. Call them today at 401-732-1730. 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. It's J. Perry Paving. Get your driveway paved. And if you're a veteran, no one has a better package for veterans than J. Perry Paving. Whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, J. Perry Paving has your back. Check out the benefits of investing in asphalt paving. Affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Asphalt can be recycled, reused. Call them for a free quote today. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving, a licensed insured contracting company, they will meet your needs no matter how big or how small and no one treats veterans better than j perry paving call them today 401-732-1730 401-732-1730 for j perry paving our segment is politics this week with me is justin katz he is the managing editor at anchorising.com Justin, it was also interesting. What do you make of the fact that Governor McKee said he's going to call the General Assembly back in session to deal with some different elements of the, his emergency orders and so forth? And uh, boy, that did was obviously not I don't think I don't know what to make of it. Not that it was a trial balloon, but that was immediately shot down by both the speaker and the Senate president of uh, boy, that's the first we've heard of it. And that's just not happening. Yeah, well, I, I don't th- I don't know that the governor has the authority to do that, but it does. He did. It does highlight the fact that the General Assembly could be following the process and passing statutes, deliberating, representing their people and imposing new laws if needed to deal with an ongoing crisis. They'd like just as much as anybody else this idea that you just declare it an emergency and then you take away all the rules and, and the governor can do everything and, and absorb all the hit and and so on and so forth. 
so I think that's they just don't want to want to get involved with it because it's it's messy and um, it's a tricky landscape for them to for politicians to to work through. And I, I mean, you just you mentioned before the break that Gloucester School Committee might be might might be going to court to fight the the governor's mandate. Uh, but that you you can picture the news media's spin on that. It's not going to be oh here's an interesting constitutional battle between two sides. Let's cover both. No, it's going to be what are those Hicks and Gloucester doing, suing against the trying to get people killed in in their towns. How can anybody and the General Assembly folks in the General Assembly know that's the case and they know that's the kind of coverage. So they they'd rather not touch it. And so why would they come back into session? They'll come back into session to give out special deals for a casino or something like that. But but not to uh, not to take a stand and, and try to ensure that our emergency declaration process is not being abused, which which it clearly is. I think, frankly, I think there's nobody who doubts that we're well beyond what an emergency statute is supposed to allow the governor to do. We're well beyond it. Everybody knows it, but we just don't talk about it because it's serving the interests of the people who control the microphone for the most part. Uh, And that's, that's really lamentable. And I don't, I don't see any courage coming out of the general assembly to push back on that. No. And, and I, I took it as they feel like, Oh no, no, like you own this. We don't want anything, any part of whatever controversies could come up out of, COVID, uh, you're exactly right. If there was a lottery bill, if there's something that serves their own personal interests, maybe they go back, but not in something like this. You know, it's also interesting now that I think the media would say, for instance, if the governor, uh, as we get into the week, Tuesday, Wednesday, was still saying that the storm was an emergency and needed to have emergency powers and emergency press conferences, I think then the media would start to say, you know, really? Do you, do you really think that? Isn't the storm's over and it was gone? It wasn't that bad? Yet, Yet there's no explanation needed with the COVID emergency that, you know, you could certainly argue that a big part of the emergency is over. We don't have huge, huge numbers. It's all possible, but um, we don't have the huge numbers right now in our hospitals or or anything like that. Yet far more accepting of the emergency uh, declaration. Now, Justin Katz, last week, I think it is interesting. There were two different rallies. Now, one, I'd like your thought on the the, the health. Healthcare workers, they had two different rallies, one on Thursday, Saturday. Both were pretty well attended. And these are frontline workers who are refusing this vaccine mandate. What I'm taken aback by, well, not taken aback, but what I also noticed was there was also a press conference Friday afternoon at five o'clock, Black Lives Matter, having it because some of the, the province police body cam video. And what I noticed was the media, they like to go in depth at the Black Lives Matter protest, which I think they had maybe 30 people there and hear the views and write about the speakers and so forth. The healthcare workers, they had over two, I think one of the days they had 300 people there, but there's nothing in depth about it. It's just like, oh, here's some frontline people that don't want to get the get the vaccine. And, and that's it. There's no one like, let me go in and try to pull some quotes and really understand the crowd here. Yeah, I mean, as a writer, I can I can imagine the way it would have gone, and if it were a left wing cause, you know, uh, Joan Smith worked her night worked nights for three yeah. years to get her nursing degree, yep. finally got it, and now she's faces firing because she won't submit to the demands of the government. You know, that yeah. would have been the coverage. And here's the picture of her and her two children and the whole Yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah. And and she and they she probably would have already had COVID and so she's already immune and which is something nobody's talking about, which is bizarre. And right. uh, if you they, oh well you you would think the healthcare workers would be able to say, well, I've already had it. That counts, but it, it doesn't. Right. Apparently, one thing that really struck me, you know, just the performance and the the media coverage of all this I maybe there were some who were in kind of newer kinds of scrubs, but I didn't see any of the nurses in their, you know, the blue scrubs all looking like they just came out of the emergency room. Right. Um, Because they're authentic. These are people on their time off going to exercise their right to protest. It was performance where some some college nursing student who's a progressive pulled together a few friends to wear her scrubs inside the state house and get massive coverage for three people, uh, which is what we've seen in the past. But uh, so I, that, that struck me. And I, but I think they're they're the message legalized freedom is not, is not something that, uh, 
that the, the news media is too concerned about. I, I think what I think we're seeing in large part, and you, you get more hints of this at a national level, the the left likes the idea of emergency orders and executive orders. Uh, and we've even started to see some of them pivot to we need an, emer- an emergency declaration on the environment. Uh, and this, so there's somewhere within the progressive sphere, there's this sense that we want to keep these things going. And so when you get healthcare workers protesting a mandate from an, ex- an emergency order on, on a virus, uh, that really goes counter to their narrative. And they don't know really, I don't think, how to, how to deal with that because it's not the story they're selling. Um, now, Justin, also, um, well, actually, let me just sneak in a quick break. Folks, a lot more politics this week with Justin Katz, managing editor at anchorising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. In an accident, someone hits your vehicle, it's damaged in some way. Pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body 401 272 3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body 401 272 3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them 401-272-3340. Did someone damage your vehicle? Whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle, West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401 401- 272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. We're speaking with Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com. A segment, folks, is politics this week. Justin, I just want to follow up on that. What do you think happens now as this deadline looms of Governor McKee has said, that their slogan is it's time um to me that's it's almost like treating the children out in the yard it's dark out like it's it's time to come in right the day is over starting to get buggy but a lot of people the healthcare workers and there's literally there's hundreds of them where their jobs are on the line uh because they have said that if they don't get the the vaccine it's a vaccine mandate that they will uh, essentially lose their job I don't think they are taking administration seriously enough or really hearing out many of these people for the fears or what they feel are legitimate reasons they have for not getting the vaccine. Yeah, I, I, well, I think that's right. I, well, first of all, on, on the slogan, it's time. I mean, it, it's, it's almost a pernicious phrase. It sounds almost yeah. like you, we let you pretend you had a choice okay? yes. and you, may, you didn't make the right choice. So it's time. We're just taking away. You can't choose to do the right thing. We're just telling you. Uh, that's, that's kind of the message that comes across. And I think that goes to why we're in this, this kind of situation. I, every, I think everybody knows the, well, I, I don't know. I don't know. The fact that there's not an allowance for people who already had it, you know, like you can't get an antibody test instead. Uh, the fact that there's not, you know, kind of an okay, you don't want to get the vaccine, but that means you're going to have to wear this heavy duty mask all day. That's not even an option. They're not trying to solve problems. It's a political, a political kind of move, as, as I've been saying, to, to prove we can make you do things. That's that's what's really at issue here. They just want to prove that for whether it's ideological or just fear of people who think for the next pandemic, we don't want to have a precedent where people can actually have a choice. Uh, So I I don't I think deep down, nobody's this particular virus at this particular time in this particular situation. Uh, And because if you do that, then everybody has different options. Right. And you put those options on the table and you try to come to a a good resolution. I think so. I think that's what's what's that issue here. Uh, and that puts the government in a, whether they're acknowledging it to themselves or not, that puts them in a situation where they just have to charge forward. And so I'm not really sure what's what's going to happen because you would think, I mean, uh, I'm glad to see from some of the news reports, it looks like these healthcare workers at least have their union pretending to represent them, which is at least a, a positive thing. Uh, but 
I'm not sure. I think the government's kind of stuck. I mean, in a normal situ- political situation, they would be able to emerge, you know, at, toward the end of September and say, you know what, we've found a, a compromise solution. Uh, we're going to test antibodies and that'll, that'll take care of 70% of the ones who the other 30% are going to wear a mask or we're going to find somewhere to put them where they'll be safe. There, there would be some way out of it, but I'm not sure we're going to realize that or see that because it is it has become such an ideological kind of battle over whether the government can just whether we need to do whatever the government tells us when the government tells us it's an emergency where do you think rhode island is with with covid justin cap because obviously you know we're, we're far more like the northeast far more vaccinated state than you know places like alabama mississippi texas uh florida uh, uh, tennessee i believe you know they they certainly have some challenges, especially Alabama, Mississippi. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure, you know, they have very low vaccination rates and they, they do have a problem with hospitals. But where do you think we are going forward? Where I think some places that are going to have some major difficulties, I believe, are going to be, for instance, I think Trinity and the PPAC were planning on coming back. But number one, they're in Providence and that's problematic enough. Number two, you know, you, you're depending on a lot of times older people are the ones that go to those types of events. I mean, I've been at the PPAC and looked around and thought to myself, my God, I'm the youngest one here by you know 20 years. Um, I, I think, I think because of the virus and how it could still be rampant this fall and, and more just even the paranoia out there. I, I think that, um, that certain businesses are, are really going to have some challenges this fall into the wintertime. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's a lot of a, a lot of people who are making decisions under the expectation that this was almost done. Upon finding it's not almost done, yeah. uh, are gonna are gonna start reevaluating seriously. You know, whether I mean that's whether whether it's in public school, whether you want to stay in Rhode Island to live yeah. here, uh, whether you want whether you can keep your theater open. I mean, those are those are real decisions. And when when you when you get a governor. <laughs> issuing a a second executive order on a variant of a virus um you're kind of so deep into it even even if it goes away and clears up next week uh by some miraculous change uh, even then there's just such a a sense of unknown and the the money's running out from the federal government so we're not going to keep getting and infusions of cash that have kept people open or, or kept them able to survive without working. Uh, and so I think I think people are going to have to start making really, really challenging decisions. And I'm, I'm not sure that our, our elected representatives, our elected officials are actually making the decisions people would have them make. It's sort of like the defund the police stuff where yep. people don't want to defund the police, but, but right. the of, officials are doing it anyway because the loud people that they agree with want it. And I think getting something like that i think a lot of people would would really choose to to manage a certain amount of risk if we could have an honest discussion here's how dangerous it is actually is to you here's what's actually happening and i'm not i'm not entirely sure we're we're really getting the full story on what's what's happening i know i've heard uh from Massachusetts teachers, I know that uh, they've they've seen influxes in some of the urban areas of just surprising influxes of Central American students. Yeah. Um, and so I do wonder if one of the pieces we're not talking about at all is how much of this this uptick is really just uh, immigrants who've come over the southern border whom the yep. administration is shipping around the country. That's and right. if that's the case. And when you're yeah. talking only when you're talking only a matter of, say, even less than a thousand cases. Uh, new cases in the state over a short period if you get a shipment of a thousand people who have it you know that's i don't know if you want to count that as a new outbreak you've just right. brought it into your your system and it's going to take a while to, to get that out let alone the people who might ke- catch the delta variant from them as they interact uh, around the place so i think if we could be having those serious honest conversations about what's really going on it would make businesses that are trying to make these decisions more comfortable either saying okay let's take another season off and then we'll come back or or even let's just stay open and and maybe we'll only sell every third seat or something like that but uh the i the fact that we're not having those honest conversations and the fact that the government seems to think it can just doesn't have to play by any rules is is, i think really in the long term we're going to look back and see that that caused a lot of damage 
That's right. Folks, again, our segment is politics this week. And Justin, finally, what is your thoughts on this lawsuit where NEA Rhode Island, New England uh, Education Association, Rhode Island, which is one of the teachers unions, you have AFT and, and NEA Rhode Island, but uh, Bob Walsh and company, because of South Kingstown, they're actually suing uh, Nicole Salas, who, you know, certainly a lot of people have learned to know and became a, really even like almost a national name because of fighting back against the school committee. To me, with the fact they're actually suing her, what I really like about Nicole is she pushes back. She pushes back against local media. She's pushing back against the unions. For a long time, I, I have said, you know, Bob Walsh, he is a union negotiator, but I would see tonight's panel on Lively Experiment is the head of, you know, the education commissioner and this superintendent and Bob Walsh. Like, why is a union organizer negotiator being treated as an educator? He's not an educator. He's a union organizer. But if there's anyone that manipulates the local press, intimidates the local press, I saw Nicole Salas was very upset with Channel 12 for this piece. It was like the, the piece was basically written by Bob Walsh. Uh, but he's had sway over a lot of local members of the media for a very long time. Oh, yeah. And well, and, and let's not forget, Nicole Salas is, is certainly I, I almost want to say she's like one of us. And the news yes. media is treating her like that. So yeah. so even if it weren't Bob Walsh, she's going to be suspect. She's like a Tea Party person. What We don't give them. We don't show them respect. They're crazy people. Uh, but the, the lawsuit is along those lines. It's, it's pretty ridiculous. The, the Access to Public Records Act, if anything, has many allowances for the state for a town or school committee or whatever to withhold information because it might be personal it might be this might be a correspondence all those things are covered so the the this is to me clearly a a slap suit kind of limit public participation now i don't know i mean they made a they may have miscalculated it looks to me as if they they were hoping they had to kind of put her in a lawsuit in order to file it and they were hoping that it would be them just like in negotiations the school committee and a union are both kind of looking after the union's interests on both sides of the table i think that's what they were looking to do with this lawsuit where they sued the school committee in order to in order to to not follow the law uh, and they had to name her to get the suit in and she's not backing down so i don't know if they didn't expect her to get such help from the goldwater institute just free legal help from a national organization um but i, I they may be in a jam because of that and, and you know either way who cares right from their perspective they're swimming in taxpayer money for exactly this reason to file lawsuits and and keep things going so uh, my view is what they're really doing here and, and nicole's doing great but what, what they're really trying to do here is raise the temperature on people who might want to look into this stuff yes and so it's really she is not the target no. is the is that that mom in the next town over who was yep. thinking about doing something That's right but now we'll say you know what i can't count on a goldwater institute coming to save me i'm not going to get involved in this that's a lot of effort i'm just not going to do it and i think that's what they're that's really what they're trying to do uh and just manipulate the system and so i hope her slap suit has some real effect although i i suspect they've already you know it's already having its effect of tamping down because there isn't Unfortunately, as much as we all we might wish there would be, there isn't a Nicole Solis in every town. Um, there's one in maybe every every tenth or twentieth town, uh, and that's so. This is going to have a real dampening effect either way on that. But I I also like how finally just how she pushes back of you know and and pushing back on local media as well for the same thing of you know uh, are you part of some some national right wing underground group and. What are your beliefs? Like she's a member of a cult and how did you get on Fox and Friends? And what I like is it is at this point, it's pathetic that a local member of the media is still asking those questions after she basically went after and lit up. Uh, it was Tara Granahan was the first one. Again, it's union talking points. That's how they they try to undermine someone. They try to destroy their credibility. Uh, it, it's it's done deliberately. Uh, some of the talking points were, I think, even you know, written up by a PR firm. It's it's not someone asking routine questions. So if you're Nicole and a member of the media now starts going down that road, she knows that they've been gotten to. Someone got to them and said, you know, was trying to spin this tale that she's this member of this underground operation that was shipped to Rhode Island, and it's all. 
you know, being orchestrated and, and that type of thing. And so I give her a lot of credit for pushing back on that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, for some of my work, I'm, I'm digging into the, uh, the, the way in which the other side with critical race theory really is leveraging all kinds of nonprofits and money and, and yeah. government operations in order to push this stuff. So it really is kind of a conspiracy. It's not on the other side, it's grassroots. And it makes you wonder, and Nicole gets, gets at this point or pretty close to this point um, in their interactions with the media. It does, where did you learn journalism? Right. There's a really, there's a really interesting story here on grassroots people coming together all under you know they're not they're not conspiring they're each individually working on a same thing because there's a there's an issue of concern to a lot of people so a lot of people are getting involved and that see a grassroots movement that would be an interesting story and it's not hard to tell all you have to do is interview people as if they're human and and actually listen to them as if they're telling you the truth and not not suspect that they're really like the coke brothers are there with some billion dollars and they they flew nicole in she's really you know some millionaire from colorado or something you know it's just they, they could really really do the story they could really investigate and tell the honest truth and it's obvious they're not trying to and so it's, it's refreshing to see nicole out there now with the saying it's almost like you, you watch it and you go oh good it's not just me because right. it really That's it really exactly is right. the treatment we all we all kind of get when we get yep. involved in this folks he is the managing editor anchorizing.com our segment again is politics this week it's justin Kath. justin great job as always we will talk to you again Thanks, John. Look forward to it. For all your tree needs, call the tree trimming experts in Lincoln. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today for a free quote, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, 401-439-6028. Fully insured tree removal company with a licensed arborist. Yankee Tree Service. They provide various tree services, including tree removal, pruning, land clearing, stump grinding, and bobcat service. Check out their website, yankeetreeservice.com. Whether it's for tree removal or stump grinding, Yankee Tree Service provides stump grinding so you can enjoy your landscape without the eyesore of old stumps. Tree pruning. You know, many times a tree just needs to be pruned instead of completely cut down. The licensed arborists with Yankee Tree Service, they'll help you decide what's the best treatment plan for your tree emergency service or bucket truck service they'll get up in the bucket call yankee tree service today for a free quote 401-439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com Back in 2017, you had expressed concerns about the membership of the all-white Bailey's Beach Club, said that you hoped it would become more diverse. Now, your family's been members. Your wife is one of the largest shareholders. Has there been any traction in that? Are there any minority members of the club now? I think the people who are running the place are still working on that. I'm sorry it hasn't happened yet. Blaming all on his ribs, or in a blue-blooded snood. His birth was a black tie affair. It's all who you know, like Claus von Bülow, he just likes to be seen everywhere. He leads a privileged life with a white privileged wife. At Bailey's, they like their champagne. Life on Bellevue in a state that is blue. <laughs> You'll never hear Shelby complain. He likes clubs with with the lead waspy crowds where for decades kept the Jews away and BLF cannot stay well he's not big on diverse faces Bailey's Beach Club is his oasis Sheldon likes the clubs with white faces do you have concerns in 2021? I mean, obviously, it's been four years. You have remarks on the floor following the deaths of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd saying, you know, hoping to root out systemic racism in the country. Your thoughts on an elite, all-white, wealthy club again in this day and age. Should these clubs continue to exist? It's a long tradition in Rhode Island, and there are many of them.
Amiga Logistics. They're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA Amiga Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. I can breathe clearly now, my mask is gone. Nothing but a big smile for all to see. Gone is the Fauci mask I had to wear. My lungs will be full, full, full of beautiful air. My lungs will be full, 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 full of clean air. My lungs will be full, full, full of beautiful air. My lungs will be full, 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 full of clean air. My lungs will be full, full, full of beautiful air. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, remember, if you want to get a hold of me, the easiest thing to do is log on to my website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Now, there you can, if you want to listen to the program, listen live. You can also contact me that way. That's the easiest way to get me an email if you'd like to advertise on the show. We also have all our links to social media. We have uh, links to Twitter or Facebook or Instagram are also on YouTube. You can also read many of the exclusive stories that we do. We have exclusive video. You can also shop and get some of the merchandise. And at the same time, if you ever miss an episode of the John DePietro Show, if you ever miss a segment, you just log on and right at the top, it says radio show. Click onto that. It'll bring you right there and you can listen. It's all in a library fashion. It all starts by logging right on at DePietro.com. Calvino. Call for a free consultation today, 401-785-9400, or online, fightbackcalljack.com, where you or a friend or a member of your family in an auto accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall, workplace injury, fight back, call Jack, free consultation, 401-785-9400, 50 years personal injury law experience and his office 100 years combined total with the staff. Fight back. Call Jack, 401-785-9400. It would be great if you were in an auto accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall, workplace injury, and the other person's insurance company offered to compensate you what they should, but it doesn't happen that way. You need a fighter. Fight back. Call Jack. Free consultation, 401-785-9400. Jack Calvino, 401-785-9400 or online, fightbackcalljack.com. 